0: In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today, we're watching Flashdance, and we don't think it's a good idea to go out with the boss. So, returning guest, Meredith Hackman. Is Flashdance a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade?
1: Woof. Well, uh, it's problematic, but
0: but maybe
1: we should remake it and make it not problematic. So I'll say should be, but better.
0: Yes. I tend to agree with that. This is a movie that felt very much to me like a product of its Mm. time. Like, I get all of the things that people like about it. And if I'm going to be honest, I enjoyed 70 to 80 percent of this movie oh
1: totally i was my pants were charmed right off
0: yeah yeah but like then you look it up and it's like directed by a guy written by a guy and you're like uh that it, oh. it film like cinematographer was male. i didn't need
1: to look that up
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i know the long it's so
1: lingering shots of asses and and swerving feet and and the like emphasis of how young they are you know <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a very male gazey movie. It's a male gazey so, movie, but it, I still had a good time, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. I also had a good time. Yeah, she's she's eighteen, and her thirty six year old boss is definitely stalking her in order to go out with mm-hmm. her. But yeah, other than that, had a nice time. I
1: mean, it's not the first movie I've seen where that happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think that's I know. more
1: normal than not. Every time I see a movie with yeah. appropriately aged people who neither of them are in positions of power over the other, I'm like,
0: well, well what do you know? Yeah. Well, what's the. There's a new Amanda Seafried Kevin Bacon romantic movie that just came out. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> why? Ew. No. <laughs> Don't be weird and gross. Why are you doing this, Amanda Seafried and Kevin Bacon? Uh, Both of you know better. You know
1: better. And the thing is, I, there are like differently aged people that are in totally reasonable relationships and have real feelings for each other. And it totally happens in the real world. It just does not happen with the absurd regularity that Hollywood wants us to think it's like, it's done in a way that makes it creepy. And and that is not putting shame on anyone that's in relationships with yeah. large ages between them. Cause it totally happens and it should, and it's totally respected. It's just like, Every it's not every couple you meet, which is what Hollywood would have you believe. Give a forty year old woman a job, yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> basically, I mean, I mean, the thing is that like it's a, a little bit of like they cast the guy, go- the they ca- the produce it's the dude that they want to hang out with the people who make the movie, right. and then it's the the young woman that they're like, well, she's hot, yeah, and it's creepy. And like at the end of the day, no, anyone who's in a like a perfectly happy, loving relationship like that, that's great, good for you we can all kind of take a look at, like, the power gap there and maybe that's not, make that not aspirational.
1: Right. That's, that's not, as, and also, like, probably 36 and 18 isn't exactly the ages that we want those gaps to be between, you know? I mean, lower than 18 is also, worse. Because also, who... Lower than 18 yeah, is oh, worse. Oh, definitely. So, I guess I'll put that I out I mean, there. if
0: it's lower than 18, it's... If it's lower than 18, it's a Michael Bay movie.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: which is... No, like, like you know about that, right? Where it's like, literally, they take a moment in one of the Transformers movies to go, yeah, she's 17, but I got this card that says we were dating when we were both under 18, so it's okay for me. Ugh. And it's like, if you have to take a moment to explain this law in your movie, you're a monster, and uh, go fuck yourself. Also, you know... Except you wouldn't, because you're too old for yourself. Right.
1: <laughs> There's also wonderful... Women who are of appropriate ages—it seems uh, odd that you go out of your way to only cast people who are not appropriate ages.
0: That's all. Uh, Who wants? I mean, sexy women dating an eighteen-year-old. Who wants to spend any time with an eighteen-year-old? Like, (laughs) who wants to talk to them?
1: There's great eighteen-year-olds. I mean, they're they're very nice. Some of them are changing. They're doing amazing
0: things. They are changing the world. Yeah. That is wonderful, and I will applaud them sure. and support the organization.
1: Yeah. That's it.
0: Over there. Over
1: there. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I think that it is it is good that at least uh, people are getting on board that this is an issue. I feel like for so much of my life, people are like, what's the problem? And uh, I also think that it's wonderful that there's all these women who would have previously been considered older that are now being considered sex symbols and that women that like forcing women's youth to be a deciding factor in their beauty is a changing landscape so i think i think that's happening now yeah,
0: and that's good
1: <laughs> and that's good
0: <laughs> so normal nor. Normally, the next question that I ask is, "So, tell me about the first time you saw that mo- this movie." But we both saw this movie for the first time for this podcast, *Class Dance Yeah, and I think both of us liked it, but
1: liked it, but I think that's fair. I laughed out loud a couple of times,
0: as did I. I also like definitely cringed. Like that stand-up is Oof. from the eighties.
1: Oof! Even in the eighties, I wouldn't have been super pumped about it if I am being honest. No, I was like, oh, he's a bad stand-up, so I guess I'm supposed to be cringing. And then I was like, no, he's the likable guy. This guy is the guy we're rooting for with his Polish jokes, which he doesn't use the word Polish yeah. for, and uh, says it a lot of times. And I went, okay, uh, we get it. I, and then he like, and they weren't laughing. And I was like, cool, everyone is against the racist jokes. And then he says some other joke about cockroaches, and everyone's like, ah. Ha-ha. Ah, this guy's funny and then he goes back to the polish jokes and everyone was like ah we like him now we'll laugh at the racist jokes and i was like uh what
0: what What are you trying to say i mean it's not like i necessarily trust the comedic sensibilities of the audience at an exotic dancing uh establishment okay,
1: can we stop there but still can we also stop there for a second <laughs> where are we the, yeah, yeah, go for what it. What is this place? Did this place like, like ever city? exist? No. I know we're in Philadelphia. I I listened to it, the movie we watched. But uh, there's a bar with people <laughs> that do abstract dancing, but like also some break dancing, but they're all very skinny white women. It's like they're not strippers. Like the movie is very clear that this is much better and different than being a stripper. It, but it is a bar? that serves burgers and puts on dance shows every night where the women are paid and they're sexy and they have a built-in structure where water is poured on them and there's props. What place is this? Did this happen in the eighties? What was happening?
0: So a couple of different things. (laughs) First of all, I think we need to start by like at no point are you and I going to, we're going to try very, very hard not to shame sex workers Oh, I have a whole there is no thing shame there and built they, in.
1: We should discuss that because this movie has a uh, real issues. Okay, yeah. we'll get we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, at some like I've never been to a strip club. They've never really seemed like my scene. Yeah. But my understanding is that there's basically two different kinds. There's the kind that can serve alcohol, in which case the women are not allowed to be naked, and the kind where the women are allowed to be naked, but therefore they cannot serve alcohol. And d- different states have different rules, but basically, it's those two different kinds of establishments. So
1: you think that they're dancing in a like upscale strip club? I would I would argue yeah, that it's, that
0: well, can't it's not be a. It. That's that's why I said exotic dancer. I'm sorry, say really? that again. I
1: just I I can't. Then I I just can't imagine the props. There's like so much. Like they're not like oh, the one scene that you warned me about with the strobe light. A woman is in full like white like face paint doing like an abstract uh, reaction to how television is affecting our minds. Like that isn't, I don't even understand how that's exotic dancing, I guess. Cause they're taking their clothes off kind of, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly just something that's totally outside of my understanding. I, I literally thought it was just like this bar that also allows artists to perform. It felt very artsy to me <laughs> and
0: not, strippy no it's 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 definitely a strip club and they are strippers but they can't get naked because alcohol is served like that's the rule so
1: so they're judgmental of the other kind of strip club
0: yeah because then because they aren't professional dancers there's nothing artistic about it they're just naked for money all right is the perception of the movie
1: wow i I misunderstood this movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the other thing i wanted to mention like the big thing that Flashdance is known for is what you just mentioned yeah. the, the the bucket of water scene and that's right at the beginning and then it never happens yeah
1: again.
0: i kind of loved that and, it, and <laughs> i did too but it was also very blink and you miss it yeah
1: but i think the best part about that is it's like okay we all know this is happening in this movie i'm not waiting the whole movie for it it happens right away and then i can just like enjoy the rest of the movie
0: yeah because like it, it, I kind of thought it might happen again, but it never does. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Okay, that, that's the thing. We're done. Sure. It must be the moment from the trailer. So that's why everyone talked about right. it. Right.
1: But also, this also speaks to my artistic argument. Because what kind of a stage is built in that's catching the water appropriately? And it's not warping the wooden stage. So they've built some kind of Eurydice-esque like, trench. that tr- You know, the the uh, off-Broadway show Eurydice by Sarah Rule.
0: What? Hold on. <laughs> what kind of
1: trench? It's a, it's a it's a, trench on the stage, like the off-Broadway show Eurydice had, that like when it rains down in the elevator, it catches the water at the end of the stage and somehow recycles it back up. So that way it doesn't affect the stage and, and it doesn't like overuse water. I was like, they must have built something in because otherwise this is a bad idea.
0: So I'm going to go on a complete non sequitur for a moment. <laughs> I on the day that I watched this movie I watched another movie for a a movie club I'm in and the movie I watched is a movie from like the 50s Uh, it's Black Orpheus okay yes and who is Orpheus in love with?
1: Eurydice yeah
0: so it's just you're all of a sudden bringing up Eurydice, uh, <laughs> or whatever her name was. Like at the same time, I was just like, "Wait, what's happening?" All of the all of the wires in my brain just got crossed, and I got so confused. Eurydice, uh, another but that's amazing, and it's a fun coincidence. Yeah,
1: another problematic story of the past that is one of the most retold. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to break down yeah. the problematic issues yeah. with Eurydice instead of doing flash dance? <laughs>
0: I mean, it sounds like uh sounds like another episode. Yeah. You'll have to come back. I don't know. Do you got time next week? Yeah, sure. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we really doing? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but all right. So let. So I I don't know is the answer. I'm sure the I'm sure the entire stage is coated in like plasticine or something, just protecting it from all the fluids. Super gross. <laughs> all the
1: fluids. <laughs>
0: And, but like,
1: if you're gonna know, put that much money right. into protecting the stage from the water that you drop on it, everyone should have a water thing. Like, you don't build SeaWorld and then only have one water-based show.
0: Well, I'm sure it was built in to protect the stage from beer. I don't think it's uh, there necessarily for the... Uh, because again, they can serve alcohol here.
1: Got it. I understand. Wow. your Your history lesson is really changing I, my thoughts.
0: my extrapolation i don't know any of this for for, for <laughs> history sure history extrapolation i am making guesses yeah, okay. yeah yeah uh so len let's talk you said you wanted to have a whole separate conversation about like the sex workers in this movie
1: well in in that i think that's a later conversation i think because it's such an important part of the movie obviously it will be a big part of the conversation about how we update it because i think what you said is oh, yes, correct that okay. we that um sexuality in this movie is given really weird tones throughout they make a lot of strange somehow like conflating thoughts about it uh they're they're pro-sexuality they're anti-sexuality they're pro uh strippers they're anti-strippers it was um yeah i mean it seemed very as a woman i was like what are you trying to say to me as a woman audience but obviously it wasn't for me i guess (laughs) it was for the men (laughs) Um, but I do think it's there
0: are a different. lot of women that love this movie.
1: It's it's beautiful. I mean, the women in it are beautiful, yeah. and the dance. But the, the I think the relationship with sex workers or strippers are are complicated, and definitely something that will need to be addressed in an update.
0: Yeah the the other thing uh, that I keep in mind is that like even for some of the dances, like because I was a theater kid in college, like I I have been friends with dancers for a very long time, and at the end of the day dancers should be allowed to to present the art that they want to present and like some of that art is going to be sexy or it's going to take sexiness and put, turn it on its head and I thought that some of the dances were very interesting like I didn't actually take a t- take a moment to look up the choreographers but the I thought the choreographers did a good job like the dances I thought were good yeah however they were shot notwithstanding <laughs> like I thought that that was for the most part pretty interesting and it, like I kept going back and forth of it's clearly very male gazy and the messaging is messed up but at the same time these dancers are all very talented and they're doing a good job and that's being shown off yeah. and I thought that that was good at the end of the day and like I'm just going to talk about some things that I liked like for like her like I potentially would just take the relationship out of the movie but it's flash dance so the relationship has to be in the movie but make him a lot younger uh the The other thing that I liked in this movie was I liked that she was also a welder. I liked that she had this this other job to make money that is so entirely separate from whatever is considered traditionally feminine, like female or traditionally sexy. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm a bomb ass welder. I'm (laughs) also really good at this. And I thought like, I was like, and they never really, like, and a couple of people were like, oh, you're a welder? Yeah, cool. And, like, there's no, she has no shame about wow. being a welder. It's just like, yeah, no, here's this other job I'm really good at.
1: And also he asked And I thought that. that was awesome. He asked that pretty early. He's like, so why do you weld if you're a dancer? And she's like, I have to make money. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. duh.
1: Why does anyone do anything? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to make money. <laughs> do you think I'm making a lot of money at that dance club? Because I'm not.
0: That's that's exposure.
1: Yeah, that's exposure. <laughs> And also it's crazy w- that he's like, "Oh, why why do you work if you're a dancer at this one club?" What? You don't know her aspirations? Maybe she just loves to dance. I don't know.
0: Uh, I basically I liked everything. I liked <laughs> I liked all of the female things in this movie yeah. and all the dudes were kind of terrible. Like yeah. Nick was kind of a, a weird, super creepy stalker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Johnny C and his friend were awful. Oof. The worst. And here's the thing: if they were trying to get people to go to this, like the topless bar, why would they then be themselves at this other bar? (laughs) Right,
1: they're just they're patronizing the other bar to like steal the talent. Like there's there's plenty of women.
0: Do they consider themselves scouts?
1: (laughs) Right, but also it seems like he owns the the strip bar, right? The the topless bar.
0: I don't know. And also, why is he also... Weird. He's
1: also the one standing in front, um, like, shouting. But uh, yeah. yeah. He's the one like, come on in! It's like, you can hire people, right? It seems like you're making good money. They,
0: they just made Johnny C every single genre of skeezy guy. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Just this one guy. And then they talk about how Johnny C... Like, this. Ta- like Philadelphia is not that small a town. But they talk about how, like, Nick and Johnny C used to just, like, go rob places together when they were poor kids living on the street. I'm like, that's not necessary. We don't need that. We don't care about that. Why? I
1: mean, I I didn't hate that part, honestly, when he was like, we used to steal hubcaps together. I was like, "I let's flush that out. Let's give Johnny C some kind of like, okay, Nick was able to get out of this situation, but Johnny C got pulled right into it. What separates these two men? Like, if we're going to bother learning about these two men, let's like actually figure out what's happening economically that separated them, that got them into these two positions.
0: Uh, I agree because the other another character that I thought needed to be flushed out because I kept waiting for something was I think his friend's name was Cecil yeah. or Cecil yeah and Johnny C keeps keeps hammering down on this guy and I keep waiting for Cecil to finally like stand up for himself the whole time the actor and was like, fascinating he kept giving
1: a lot of face that made yeah. that implied he wasn't okay with what Johnny C was doing
0: but they never gave yeah. him a part <laughs> it's like let Cecil like, speak. Yeah, I wanted more from Cecil, yeah. Cecil, whatever. Yeah. Like, I wanted him to finally be like, Johnny C's going to fi- like cross the line and go too far, and that's when Cecil turns on him and stops him. Yeah. That was his arc, and they didn't do it.
1: It seemed very obvious that was his arc, especially in the scene where Johnny C is basically trying to rape Alex? He like, it. it's like, yeah, that was, weird. that was weird. He's like, get in my car, get in my car. We're going somewhere. And then Richie's walking with her. And then Cecil seems uncomfortable, but then he punches out Richie. And it's like, it seemed like that was Cecil's moment, but it was too early in the movie. But it seemed like that was Cecil's moment to be like,
0: I agree. That's this. when I thought it was going to happen. Because then Johnny C and Cecil are just still in the rest of the movie together. And then Johnny C goes on to date uh, a Gene. And it's like,
1: okay, if if this guy assaulted your friend, you're going to date him because he gave you a $20 tip? I was like, what is happening? I don't know what scenario that would happen. And I, I totally understand the scenario where a woman gets tricked into dating someone who's kind of sleazy because she feels like her options yeah. are, that she doesn't have any options. I totally get that. But like her best friend and boyfriend were assaulted by this man. I, I would think that would give her a lot of well, reasons to not stay away boyfriend. from. Boyfriend. What is Richie? Best friend and weird crush for no reason. No, they're dating. They're dating.
0: No, they're not. Richie? Because yeah, no, because like then he le like it's kind of this unspoken, they both have a thing for each other, and then he goes to LA.
1: I thought they were straight up dating because her dad says if he hasn't asked you to marry him yet, then he's not going to.
0: Oh, and that's why I, I was like, Richie, miss you just
1: fucking took us off to L.A. without consulting Jeannie? What's happening?
0: Yeah, that's a... Uh, and then he comes back and it's like, oh, I take you back. No, 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 no. You fucked off to L.A. We're done. And fuck you. And fuck
1: you. And also, like, were you in L.A.? Especially because... Sorry, he didn't even try Go L.A. On. Like, as people in L.A. currently... Like, he didn't even, like, what was his plan? He came here, he gave it two days, and was like, I'm not going to be a waiter, and then he went back? Like, that's not a
0: very good plan. Like, I don't know what you think LA is, but you don't show up and they offer you the world, especially for someone who's a bad stand They're like,
1: oh, we love, and they were also clearly stolen jokes. Like, I I, I don't, they were so hacky that I was like, he clearly didn't even write those. (sighs)
0: Ugh. It's Richie. it's like the first couple episodes of uh, of marvelous Mrs Maisel over here. <laughs> uh, it's bad, it's, it's very um, but like, and then and then so then poor Jeannie ends up dating Johnny C, and like the way her her behavior is in the in the topless bar, it sure felt like she'd gotten addicted to drugs yes. but that never came up. No,
1: with her face it felt
0: very much. Yeah,
1: her face seemed like out of it, like she was on something and then as soon as Alex grabs her and pulls her out, she's stone cold sober, like very aware of what's happening. Right?
0: But she's sort of because she's also sobbing about like, no, I need it. That's my money. And then like the the dollar ends up in like a puddle and and she dives after it and then she's sobbing in a in a gutter. And it's like, um, I don't know what happened, but you're addicted to something. You're addicted to
1: something. It seemed very like the stories you hear about uh, a pimp, like dating someone and then pimping them out. Like that was clearly what they were implying, that he like dated her and then forced her to perform or something. But it it made yeah. no sense. I think that um, Jeannie is a phenomenal character and they did a great job of giving, like she's an ice skater how many movies have a side character that's attempting to be a professional ice skater? It was mind-blowing. I was like, this is very cool. And then... Yeah,
0: I agree. And she was good.
1: And she was good. And then she was also good, but couldn't do any of the jumps. And I was like, that's not realistic. She would make one of the jumps. Or she's terrible.
0: Or, like, I mean, there's definitely cases where, like, it's a bad routine. Like, this is a bad day. (laughs) And, like, you screw one thing up and then you're in your head. You get the yips and you just screw up thing after thing after thing.
1: Did Did you skate?
0: Like, that's a... You said uh, that as
1: someone who skated.
0: I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> I, the important thing is, I do podcasts now. You
1: podcast now. I skated, no big. I skated. That was part of the I truth. mean,
0: when, when you grew up in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> oh,
1: right. Tucson,
0: Arizona doesn't. Not
1: much skating. <laughs> Not much ice in Tucson, no.
0: Arizona. It, Tucson, every few years the ice skating rink reopens under new ownership and it goes for a couple of years because everyone loves it, but it ends up going out of business because it turns out running an ice skating rink <laughs> in Tucson, Arizona in the middle of the summer, expensive. super expensive. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really get a chance to get good. Right.
1: When they said skating, I just assumed it was going to be roller skating because I, I was like, it's the 80s. I don't know. It's going to be like a weird roller skating thing. So when she was an ice skater, I was like, yeah, let's get it. Let's watch some ice skating.
0: Yeah, I was all about yeah, it.
1: So then when she turned to this like weird caricature of what happens to broken women, I was, it was very disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the other things I think we need to talk about, because I think what we're going to end up doing is while Flashdance itself, as far as I know, has never been remade, I feel like kind of a modern version of it is a movie that came out just last year in Hustlers.
1: Oh, I don't know about that. I felt it was very different.
0: I was going to argue. It is. Like co- content is different. But it, for for me just like it it's women working in the in the like sex workers mm-hmm. and it's a movie about female friendship and empowering each other and it's never really at any point of them just like fighting with each other and getting in their way, which happens a little bit in Hustlers but like because they get arrested.
1: I I do not um, mean to correct you by the way, but uh, is sex no, workers? please. That's what is,
0: that's what you're here for. Is sex
1: workers the appropriate term? I assumed that was only for people whose a job involved having sex, not people who performed sexually. Like I don't know um, if strippers are well, under as... the
0: umbrella of sex workers. I would assume not. My but... my my understanding is that yes, interesting. Um, I trust you, but I, I, well, look. <laughs> I personally am not, and I don't right, know. Right, right. I, I know a couple, I I have known a couple people who have been professional dancers mm-hmm. strippers whatever they wish to call themselves and they're always advocating for better protections for sex workers okay like even if you aren't necessarily a prostitute right. a sex worker can still be someone who works in the sex industry of being sexy
1: interesting yeah I, that's and not at, something I've, at, i just wanted to discuss it before we kept saying it with me not knowing Uh, not understanding it as a term.
0: There is a definite chance that I'm wrong. And if that's true, I hope someone reaches out and corrects me because I think that that's a a good teachable moment, especially because this is something that neither you or I are probably qualified to talk about, which is why we're remaking this movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I'll be honest. I did not know anything about this movie prior to watching it. Like I didn't know that they were working at a, a strip club or whatever you have. I I literally thought it was going to be something like, uh, I don't know, any of the other dance like movies footloose. where it's like, we're in a dance school. Yeah.
1: Fo- it felt like it was going to be very footloose and And I, because of the dance school- Or Step It Up. It is just Step Up. <laughs> I mean, get it right. But speaking of Step Up, that is the movie that came to mind when I was watching it. I thought Channing Tatum and her had a lot of similarities. Like, Oh, we're you know it was like we're, uh, not particularly wealthy, but we have aspirations of going to this dance school to get us out of our current situation. Which, as a big step up fan, as you know, I <laughs> I was very excited about that. <laughs> uh, but I did think Channing Tatum and uh, Jennifer Beal,
0: sure, sure,
1: <laughs> had a lot in common.
0: The the movie that I agree. The other movie that I thought. shares a lot of like narrative arcs for what I think we will want to do is did you ever see the movie don't think twice
1: no oh wait yes improv the
0: the Mike Birbiglia yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. the Mike Birbiglia improv movie because uh it's Jillian something and I can't think of her name
1: uh Jacobs uh Jillian Jacobs yeah
0: Jillian Jillian no you're right uh, Gillian Jacobs's arc in that movie of having this opportunity in front of her and keep and continuing to pull herself back and preventing and like literally being her own biggest obstacle. That was the arc that felt closest to Alex's arc in this movie.
1: That's really interesting. I like that like a, a lot.
0: I think that like a modern retelling, And I
1: think that um, similar to don't think twice, it is a movie about artists. Like, there's a comedian, there's a dancer, there's an ice skater. Like, it is a movie about artists who are who want to make it, but they don't know how. And because they don't have anyone in their lives who has made it, they feel like it's not for them, like they don't have the chance.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a better movie. Like, I think if we have the flash dance of the ice skater, the dancer, the stand up, and I think we need to make Nick actor or something like Mm. i don't think he should be her boss because that's fucked up so fucked up it's such a shitty power dynamic. and then when he runs
1: after her and they're like yelling at each other because she throws the rock through his window and then he like makes up and he's like that that was my ex-wife we just hang out once a year and she's like oh i guess i forgive you and then all the men are sitting there like a group of men just sitting there watching the whole interaction and then afterwards they react Re- they react like a group of men on the street watching a woman walk by and you know they're like it's very sexual it's very like yeah he did it he got her and i'm like those are her coworkers those are her coworkers watching
0: this Whew. and i also i thought the other like and then there's that moment when they're at dinner and she's eating lobster with her hands uh- which is a they kept infantilizing her yes. in really weird and creepy ways. Yes,
1: and that, and that scene was upsetting.
0: Her, ex, yeah, that, that's a bad mm-hmm. scene. And then the ex-wife comes up and she's just like kind of massaging her shoulder. It's like, look, I don't necessarily have a problem with someone having like a friendship with their ex because obviously they got a divorce and it ended for, I presume, uh, reasons right. which they never discussed. And, and then she goes, yeah, well, I fucked his brains out. And the ex-wife's lit. And, like, she takes off her jacket and she's, like, just wearing, like, a dicky.
1: I mean, she looks fucking amazing. Like, I was, like, this outfit is
0: everything. (laughs)
1: Like, everything. However. Look,
0: at no point am I, at no point am I going to say that she wasn't gorgeous. Right. I mean,
1: and, like, the giant, I mean, she looks fabulous. But. Yeah, for her to attack this woman and for this woman to come up and be put in a position where they are against each other because they have both had romantic relationships with the same man is insane. It should be her. It should be Nick's job, if he is friends with his ex-wife, to create a good dynamic between the two of them. I think that in most situations, the ex-wife would probably go out of her way to be like, okay, if this is a real person in your life then maybe I will interact with them. I will at least attempt to make it positive. I think, like, unless you're a real dick, you're not in Alex's position sitting there being like, I'm going to be, like, super sexual and offensive to this woman. And I also don't think she's like, I'm in a fancy restaurant. I'm going to finger your balls with my feet and, like, suck lobster. It's like, this isn't the character that we've come to know. Like, why is she suddenly so blatantly forcing sexuality when she's clearly a layered person.
0: Yeah. Which, and her layers was her most interesting part. Like I want the movie about all of these different artists struggling to make the, the, like to to make it and like the other jobs that they have to have. I think that's super interesting. I think if we want to add an extra layer to the Nick and, I don't remember the ex-wife's name. Um, I would potentially make Katie. her successful. Yes, sure. Oh, is that who Katie was? Yeah. Okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, I would, I would potentially make her someone who has made it.
1: Yes. Well, he implied that. I mean, in bed when they were in bed together, he's like, "I got with my ex-wife. She was rich and fancy." And I liked that about her. She was educated. I never knew anyone who was so, like, successful and educated. So, like, he did paint the picture that that's who she could have been. It kind of seemed like he used her for her money, then ditched her once he had his own money, and then dated an (laughs) 18-year-old.
0: But... That's not the impression I got. Oh. The impression I got is that he came from nothing. And then finally, when he was successful, he started meeting other successful, wealthy people. And he literally married the first successful mm. person he met. Oh,
1: that's interesting. And
0: then it turns out that's not a good way to have a relationship. And they got <laughs> divorced. And then he dated the, and then he saw a dancer at a club. The guy he was with read out, had her social security number memorized. memorized. And then he starts stalking her at work, which is deeply not okay. He give, no gives that.
1: out her social security number at, at random. Oh, you want her social security number? Sure. You got a
0: pen and like You're, you're her boss. You're entitled to know everything about her because that's what being a boss is. Uh, but anyway, in terms of actually remaking the movie, yes. I feel like we have like that core four struggling artists of Nick alex genie and richie okay and i feel like those four are kind of like the people we identify with because alex wants to be a dancer but she is a a welder nick wants to be an actor let's say but he i'm even happy with the two of them working together and he's also a welder richie's the cook who's a stand-up and genie is the waitress who wants to be an ice skater and i think all of that works i think that's a good story
1: i agree um, are we talking about the remake now we are okay so because of my clear misunderstanding of what this world was I was like the only uh performers that I know that have this kind of space in bars are drag performers so in my reimagining <laughs> of it I think that it it makes a lot of sense for alex to be a drag queen and like I think that that we can still have Richie be a stand-up, we can still have Jeannie be an ice skater, and Nick be whatever. Um, but in my reimagining of it, um, I have I have Alex as a drag queen. Uh,
0: and did you flip genders as well? So Alex is a male Alex as opposed to female Alex.
1: Um, I, well, yeah, a uh, uh, female impersonator who is a, a cis man. Yeah shangela is who i cast who shangela
0: i don't know who that is
1: (gasps) oh my god the best from rupaul's drag race and also of the the new show we're here very talented actor very funny well amazing dancer
0: i also considered doing a gender swap and i didn't necessarily want to get into casting yet but the i we gotta have a conversation about what we want our flash dance to kind of represent, because I feel like this is a movie that should be about, like, female dreams and a little bit more about female empowerment, Mm -hmm. and I I feel like if we're, and as much as I agree, I don't know, because I I also like the idea of, like, having, especially if you said it's a, a, did you also, well, no, did you also gender flip uh, Nick?
1: I didn't. I I made all the characters queer and some of them uh, bi or sexually fluid. Um, Got it. Yeah. but I I don't know how I
0: feel about it because, like, I I mean, it's tough because it's like a little bit we're hindered by the fact that neither of us have a, a strong history with this movie. Yes. That I don't really know what its impact on culture was at the time. Obviously, it's a movie that dudes can really enjoy watching.
1: Yeah, totally. But at bro. the same
0: time, the only people who I know who really love this movie are women.
1: Women also love drag queens.
0: I, <laughs> I would assume I'm, that to be correct. I'm
1: open to a lot of options. I mean, I I didn't. Um, I, I think that most of the people I cast could could play. You know, any sort of relationship we gave them. But I. I will make a further pitch for this because I really like it. I think that uh, while it is like parts for women, and I think that this is a movie with parts for women, I, I don't know what it would say in a remake if it is, if it is what it is. I think like you mentioned, there are so many other dance movies that I think are more fun regarding the dance or, you know, like more dance focused or ones that explore the difficulties of being an artist more. I think that, um, There are amazing queer performers and stories that haven't been told as much, especially in the performing space, and especially by people who are actually a part of the queer community. So that was my thought process. And because the bar scene is so a part of drag life, in a way that I couldn't really come up with another uh, modern correlation to... Well, whilst, and and also, I think like sexuality within the queer community is something that is being discussed, needs to be discussed more, making femme queer people feel sexy and showing them as sexy. I don't, I think it might be very empowering.
0: I I don't disagree with you. And I think that's a very strong and compelling argument. Thank you. I'm very compelling. My logic is it's and especially so let's take kind of the dichotomy of someone being both a welder and a dancer if mm-hmm. alex is female then it's the dancer is kind of like the oh this is my dream i want to be a dancer and that's great that's supported and here's this thing i'm also doing to make money that i'm also great at and that's outside of expectations and that's certainly something that i think can also be supported and and uh raised up if we switch it and alex is male it's 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 oh, a big welder. Yeah. You're a man's man who also happens to be into dragon also is, it's doing dance. And I think that th- there's definitely an argument to be made for that because that makes that the core aspect of the movie, of, of the movie and not the uh, side. Uh, right. The side Dealing hustle. with
1: the masculine and the feminine is already a part of this movie. And I think that casting someone who is more maybe tiny and feminine, um, who is a man, would you would be able to discuss those issues within a a butch job like being a welder similar that you'd be able to discuss that with a woman being a welder but also then you're talking about gender within the dance community and how that translates from a small scene to a larger stage
0: yeah and so for me because flash dance is already so a part of the dance community that's kind of where my that that's where my preference leans Mm -hmm. because I think that as something that's like saying it's really hard to make it in the dance community it is still hard to make it in the dance community and 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 to even make it to the dance community especially if you aren't if this you weren't the little girl taking ballet lessons since you were two yeah and I I think that that's important like even Alex's dance at the very end which is A combination of all these different things like that dance was so good because it's and like even there's that moment where she and Jeannie kind of stop and are watching these break dancers yeah who were also amazing like they were were fantastic yeah and that was so cool and then like she takes kind of that knowledge and incorporates that into her dance as well because she is a part of both of these worlds and it's just this full
1: like that dance she
0: does, yeah, it was, this <laughs> is who I am as a person. It was so amazing.
1: I mean, when she did the breakdancing spin, I laughed out loud. It was ridiculous. I, yeah. I fully enjoyed it. it, was I, it so was, ridiculous. It was appropriating something, uh, but I, I still fully enjoyed it the fact that it was a clear stunt double doing it was really enjoyable to me. Oh, I don't know that it was, but it like, it was, I just love, a I love an obvious stunt double. It's one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> With an
1: obvious wig.
0: It, it was pretty funny. I was like, that's not her. <laughs> just like, like nar- narratively. I liked it visually. Yeah. It was funny.
1: Yeah. But, but I'm all for it. Um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I I mean I picked a, I picked a drag performer who is known as one of the best dancers. So but I want to hear
0: your yeah, person. Well, I well, my next question is I I'm not necessarily a fan of drag race. I have many friends who are, but it it just it's just not for me. Yeah. But one of the things that I can say is that that is often a very particular style of acting and performance is this performer whose name i don't know also
1: you better learn it. an actor uh shangela started as an actor as a like male actor, okay and uh found found drag kind of like through acting so that's why and hasn't had to my knowledge a starring vehicle yet i like i've watched i i love drag in whatever capacity i've been able to find it um and i've watched like the drag movies um, like Hurricane Bianca and stuff and you know yeah so you got some scenery chewing but it's a good time but I think this movie doesn't require scenery chewing but I I think that Shangela is up for the challenge I think that she's a more subtle actor (laughs) but I'm also open Uh, to your choice and I'm adaptable
0: yeah well we'll, I I do think we'll get there and I do think that that's something that the, the problem is I like both ideas And part of me doesn't want to take this away because I feel like if it becomes a drag movie, it's not necessarily a dance movie anymore. And I feel like I don't want to take it away from like the dancers. And I do think it's important to have a, a movie that is like sex positive, sex worker positive. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that's important because I feel like there's a lot of positivity around drag performers right now. Um, but there's always
1: negativity toward
0: negativity for yeah. like, yeah. And I, I mean, cause like I said, there's hustlers, but
1: that's kind yeah, of it.
0: It was really good. It is really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think like, obviously as pole dancing has become more in the mainstream and, um, admired as like a actual athletic undertaking, um, and artistic. I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think like stripping is having maybe a comeuppance now is something more empowering than it's previously been um, recognized. For I, I
0: definitely think that's. I, I yes, I definitely think things are moving in the correct direction. Yeah. But yeah, like it's they're just so wildly different movies, and I and I like both of them. That's the problem. Uh
1: Do you want to tell me who your person is? You hate telling me who your person is.
0: Well, we're not even at casting yet, but uh, I mean, my person, my person's kind of an obvious pick because I went with someone who is both a dancer and extremely popular right now and someone who could definitely pull this off and is the right age, everything. Mm. Like, I mean, there was a distinct possibility. I was like, oh, we're going to cast the same person.
1: Oh, yeah. Mine is a 38 year old man.
0: Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> mine is Zendaya.
1: Oh, I well, love Zendaya. I'm proud yeah. Zendaya.
0: Like, who doesn't?
1: <laughs> who doesn't love Zendaya? She's amazing. Yeah, gotta, gotta kick but, it like, up. That's, that's what you confuse uh, Step Up with.
0: Yeah, or Shake It Up.
1: Gotta shake it up. Shake it up? Yeah. Just shake, yeah.
0: I think it was Shake It Up. Yeah. <laughs> shake it up. Um, like, literally, Zendaya started as a dancer. Like, sh- like th- that was one of the things that I tried really, really hard to do is... For Alex, I cast a dancer. For Jeannie, I cast an ice skater. For uh, Richie, I cast a stand-up. Mm. I mean, obviously for Nick, I cast an actor. Um, like, even for uh, Hannah, the old woman, I cast someone who was a Silver Age actress and dancer. Hmm. Like, I tried very hard to kind of, like, stick with that that essence of who that character is because that could kind of, like... Because I I love it when obviously for movies like this like even for freaking I Tonya, uh right Margo Robbie did some ice skating but she had a a skating double and then they CGI'd her face onto the skating double
1: hilarious
0: but like I do like but the performer needs to be able to do it a little bit and yeah. that's why I thought it was important to 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 do that.
1: And also, so I think that was, it's, it's fun to cast someone and be able to really show their face while they're doing it and have those skills and have the audience know, oh, this is the thing they're good at.
0: So if we do, if we go the drag route, the drag route, whatever, Um, <laughs> what what is your narrative arc? Like, what, what happens? Because you can't, like, other than going and being on Drag Race, what's the amateur to professional arc that you would be having Alex take?
1: Um, I was going to have him pursue as a man to be a professional dancer. And that drag is similar to Alex uh, doing her flash dancing. Uh, drag is the thing that he does in the clubs, but he wants to be a professional actor. They, um, I also love, you know, I'm a sucker for dance. So I, uh, <laughs> I love So You Think You Can Dance. And one of the Drag Race contestants auditioned a, couple years ago um as a man and uh they were like I don't know I think maybe you're too femme you're not butch enough they like said all this stuff and uh and then he came back in his full drag persona and did it in full drag and it was kind of amazing so I think uh, Laganja Estranja if I didn't mention that um I think pursuing a professional dance career but still doing like bar drag is a reasonable arc I, I don't I wouldn't change the fact that the lead as a dancer, if that makes sense. But I also think like, um, because I made them older, that was the big problem for me that like, they couldn't be trying to get into professional dance school. Um, so for me, it was like getting onto one of those reality shows, getting onto, into a touring company, uh, something that a real professional dancer would try to do. And something that they could probably be told that they weren't butch enough for and then fight back.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the, my big difficulties for this was I was looking for people who had kind of the background in whatever this thing was, but also mm-hmm. was age appropriate because I thought that a young person coming up in uh, whatever this field was, was important. And it's like, <laughs> this took me a long time to do recasting for this just because I was trying so hard to stick to the age group. And You're like, nah, late 30s. And I'm <laughs> like, no, that's so much easier. <laughs> well, no, and uh, I, thought,
1: I thought about it. I'm because so awesome. mad. But it is a big change, right? Like I, I did. I was like, yeah. maybe. I mean, maybe we can just get some like super young. And then I was like, I don't like her youth in this. It bothers me. Like, not her being a youth, more power to her. But like the relationship with her age is is a huge issue, as we've already discussed to ad nauseum. And I think that like her, a lot of the problems I had with it, like. She moved here. How long has she been here? She met this older woman and has a relationship with her. Why? Why is she living alone at 18? Why? Like, there are so many unanswered questions in relationship to why she's so young that I was like, this would make a lot more sense if she was older. And not that she has to be in her late 30s. <laughs> but but I, I, it did bother me that she was 18. And I um, I didn't think the driving factor of her needing to apply to dance school was interesting enough to cause all those other issues for me personally.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, that's the movie. Like it's, it's literally about a young person figuring out what they want to do with their life and going after it. And I have nothing against someone in their thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, like being like, this is this dream I've always had. This is the the life I want to live. And I'm going to now go out and pursue that.
1: I think that's less shown right now. I mean, I just feel like, we have so many movies about young people. Like, they even had that line that killed me that was just like, if you give up on your dreams, you die. And it's like, I don't think that's a healthy yeah, thing. That, that was, was telling an audience, like, of young yeah, people. Yeah, that, that
0: was a fucked up line. I hated that line. But
1: I, but I think that in our childhood, I remember lots of movies telling us that, like, your dreams are everything. Like, pursue your dreams or you'll be unhappy. And I think that the reality of being a adult in, like, trying to pursue a career in the entertainment industry is that, I I would be fine. I think most of us would be fine if we had made another choice, but we're passionate about this and we're putting the effort in and that's beautiful too. And if someone decides at the age of 30, they want to quit their career and pursue their, you know, artistic dream, then they can, but it is harder. And there are other obstacles in your way if you choose to do that. But also if you give up and you want to pursue something that gives you more stability and more happiness in other parts of your life, you're not dead. I don't know. I think about that a lot. <laughs> I yeah, think we all no, do, I, right?
0: And, and the thing is that I agree with you. So, I mean, my next question for you is tone. Yeah. Like, I think there's a very different tone for a movie of someone who's going after their dream in their early 20s, whereas the tone of someone going after their dream in their late 30s or later.
1: You're right. And but I, I feel I, like... No,
0: sorry. Go ahead.
1: what a zoom conversation this is no you no i agree but i think that this movie already had kind of a dark tone that i didn't think necessarily correlated with a typical young person movie this movie already had a tinge of sadness it already felt like she had waited too long that was part of the reason why i was like yeah that was weird yeah she's like "I, i i haven't done it yet and then she shows up to her older friend's house. She's dead. Like these are things that maybe eighteen-year-olds are going through, but it seems unrealistic that she, anyone's allowing her to feel these things. Not the person dying, but like that she's missed her window of opportunity is insane.
0: So, so for me, age came into this movie in terms of like her relationship, like mm-hmm. the infantile infantilization of Alex and in like her relationship like it, her age was a real problem. Yeah. But for me it was never about having missed her chance and and to not go after her dream. For me it was always a class issue with going after like the the the, the professional ballet school. For me it was always she saw herself as not fancy enough and I like even the stupid god-awful scene where she's eating lobster with her hands like she's not refined enough to be a ballerina right but she like found this person who believes in her and like sponsors her and whatever who like takes her to ballet and like gives her these these things to believe in and it was never about uh about her age to me so much as I don't belong with these women with these other men and women because I haven't lived my life with them and they've been together this whole time and I'm the outsider trying to come in. And that's how it felt to me, not necessarily age related. Like the if you don't go after your dreams you're dead. Yeah, but for me it was more it, I mean, I'm definitely thinking about class a lot more now than I normally do, but yeah that was the story for me. It was the outsider breaking into an industry that had otherwise excluded her, but showing that the things that she brought to this industry also had value, which is demonstrated in the dance at the end. And that's why it's like, yeah, she has the, she has this blue collar job and she's pursuing the ivory tower or whatever. But that's what makes it interesting for me. Low class, Pursue perceived high class.
1: I think the thing is, having seen this movie so long after it was released, I've seen I've seen right. this movie before. Like Save the Last Dance, literally has that same ending. Like she puts hip hop into her ballet audition. Like it just does. So to me, I was like, well, I've seen that. Like, uh, sure, that's already that's already in one of my faves. <laughs> um, so. And I think a lot of movies are like, I mean, that's what Step Up is. He's like, I'm going to bring my street style into uh, this. I mean,
0: yeah, it is. Know. And and you know where all of these movies got it from, right? That all of that comes from Flashdance.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm like, because I'm seeing only the reverberations of this movie Before seeing this movie, I feel like I've seen it. So if we're bringing it to a new audience, I think a lot of times when they're remaking movies, they're like, we're just going to do the thing we did originally. But we've moved past it. We as an audience have moved so far past it. Even if you saw the original, you've seen so many reverberations of that already that you, you have to change it in some way. I don't think... I don't think you have to change it in the way that I'm saying. And I think that you can still have a young person experiencing things, but I, I don't think an ending of, well, she put break dancing in it is enough for a modern audience. I think we've seen it over and over again.
0: I think, I think what we're potentially arguing about comes down to what is the essence of flash dance. And I feel like for me, the essence like and at the end of the day, regardless of what we end up picking, mm-hmm. it's it's no matter what, it's outsider looking in. Right. That's the essence of flash dance. Yes. And then told through the scope of dance, struggling people, whatever. hmm I think we we both agree on this like kind of the the core story of people like people in entertainment struggling to make it in entertainment. Yeah. which I don't know why that appeals to us. But... Yeah, I don't
1: know why we were affected by it. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, <laughs> I think it's also... And, and so then I think what we're disagreeing on is what is the thing now that most exemplifies kind of those ideas? Yeah. And, and so think- what you're saying is like, I'm saying, like, class, it's it's low class trying to break into this upper class. And you're saying it's drag trying to break into, quote, unquote, legitimate dancing.
1: Right. I think, and I think that, like, having someone like Zendaya is interesting. I think, like, obviously, through, like, a misty Copeland, a lot more young Black women have been put in the spotlight as far as their ballet technique. And, uh, have. I mean, having a role model... Has allowed more people to break into something that used to just be very white, um, and there's probably something in that also. And it's I, I the world of dance, while it fascinates me, also terrifies me. I think that it's a very scary world, especially for young women.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, plus it fucks up your feet.
1: Yeah, your poor little feetsies. I don't yeah, like, I don't like seeing all those broken toenails
0: your feet are going to be are going to be messed up forever.
1: I mean, beyond your feet, your knees, like it it does it does a lot to a body, ballet specifically.
0: But basically what I'm getting to is at the end of the day, you and I made we took kind of this core concept and we went two completely different ways and we have two different movies. Yeah. And I don't think either one is inherently better or worse than the other one. I think no. just what we ended up with are different movies and if you're pulling in a lot of people from the drag world, I'm just simply not going to know who they are. Right. So what I think we should do is, I think we should go through both of our castings separately. I think we should do like all of mine and then all of yours and say, these are our two separate movies. Because flash dances can be can be both of these different things, but these movies are so different that it's it doesn't really make sense for us to compare them.
1: Okay, and the I don't only- think
0: either Sorry. idea... Fails. Go ahead.
1: The only drag people I have are the dancers.
0: The dancers are a lot of this movie.
1: <laughs> That's true. But like I like, or I guess I also made Richie a drag person. Okay, let's do it your way. The
0: other, the other <laughs> I mean, the other problem is that like your actors are all fifteen years older than mine. That is true. You <laughs> I brought really everyone up that. to Nick's age. I brought everyone down <laughs> to Alex's age. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like. Nick shouldn't be involved in this, so that's why, like, I basically Nick is the one that I completely like, absolutely not. Everyone else, I'm like, yeah, I got nothing against this individual person. I'll bring Nick down. Everyone else is fine. Right. No, you said take all these young people. I hate young people. I Let's hate get them out people. of here.
1: Why can't old people have a shot? You know, <laughs> when do old people get to dance?
0: Basically. <laughs> and ah, that so great. so that's that's what you said and uh that's what you are now on tape having said okay great so, so what i that's what i think we should do now is i'm going to take you through my cast and my my logic for like and up through writer and director great. and then we'll do the same thing for yours because we're so different at this point and they're both good ideas but yeah and so are you okay with that
1: I am I also believe that even if we take parts of yours and parts of mine that that it will work I I think that queerness is inherently involved in a dance community I don't think... so I like I understand oh, yeah, why the, for sure I, why I, the drag queens I, wouldn't work but like the other people I think are probably relatable
0: yeah I agree with that too but I also think the age discrepancy makes those relationships potentially questionable totally fair Um, with the potential uh, exception of Johnny's feet. Bigger?
1: Like maybe make the age range even bigger. Maybe we go 18 year old, 80 year old. Maybe that's the movie.
0: Again, the Amanda (laughs) Seyfried, Kevin Bacon movie has come out already and everyone says no.
1: Everyone says no.
0: (laughs) It's gross, bad and weird.
1: Okay, (laughs) I'm very excited to hear your pitches.
0: My Alex is Zendaya, who, she has the dance background. She's a phenomenal actress. And this feels like the sort of thing where she can kind of do a blend of these different styles of dance, while also can kind of do a blend of class. Like, like can come from a lower class family, works in, like, I love the fact that Alex is a welder in this. And I love the fact that it, because like, they're, I've, I've talked to people I'm like, and it's so weird that she's a welder. I'm like, yeah, and that's amazing. Women can be welders. That's fine. That's great. I love it. And I love that it's like this tiny little thing that's like, that's what she's doing for money. She doesn't want to be a waitress. She wants to, she gets to put one metal thing attached to another metal thing. I think it's rad. And so that's why I thought, and I love it. My nick is an actor named uh, Tyler Posey, who is from Teen Wolf. Uh, he's also in Jane the Virgin.
1: Oh, I know Tyler Posey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.
0: Yeah. He's adorable. So
1: Very cute.
0: What I, Yes. So what I did was I made Tyler a few years older than Zendaya. And then I made the ex-wife a few years older than that. Um, Just like for whatever reason. And especially because that way the ex-wife can have made it. And I'll get to the ex-wife in a little bit. Sure. Um, Hannah, uh, the old woman, I made Bridget Bardot. She's a Silver Age actress and dancer. um, And I think she's 85 or something right now but she had this career of she, she was in black and white movies in the silver screen and it's and she has this incredibly long IMDb page and I thought that it's just this amazing thing of like well yeah if anyone knows how to make it as a dancer it's this woman
1: interesting
0: uh and so that and I looked up like if she'd been performing recently and she was performing up until even last year she was in a movie she or within the last couple of years she was in the uh uh, Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick movie. Oh, really? That escapes.
1: Yeah. yeah with, why yeah, can't with I the... Think
0: of the name of this movie?
1: She's one of my all-time favorites. A Simple We've Favor. Kept... Simple Favor. I love Brigitte Bordeaux.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that's why I thought she was a good choice. Then next, I had Jeannie. So finding an ice skater who is also an actress <laughs> was a little difficult. Yes. But luckily, Netflix did that work for me. And Netflix has come out with a show called Spinning Out, which is about ice skaters trying to make it in the world of ice skating. And, okay. it, and they are real ice skaters. And this was a character that I'd actually considered doing a gender swap, but the two male ice skaters in that were both late 30s. One of them is, I think one of them's a dude from Queer Eye or something. Um, <gasps> Jonathan ben like, Yeah.
1: He was my pick for Genie.
0: And I... And I <laughs> Well, we definitely considered uh the same person. <laughs> but that's the idea. Like so the, like I put, I pulled from that because uh the actress I went with is uh Amanda Zoo. Okay. Zhao. Um because she is an ice skater who acts. And so it worked out. So for Richie, the stand-up, I went with uh a young um stand-up who I've actually seen perform and is extremely funny. He's younger than you think he is, but he's so good. And his name is Josh Johnson. Uh, he doesn't hasn't done much acting, but he's a very good stand-up. And he's a writer for The Daily Show. Um, mm-hmm. I saw him when I went to go see Trevor Noah do stand-up. Uh, Josh Johnson was one of his openers. And he's excellent. So I wanted to cast a good stand-up to replace the bad stand-up. Oh. Yeah. So for my Johnny C, uh, this is going to involve you looking up this person on... on imdb uh this actor's name is scott cruz cruz is spelled k-r-u-s-e and he's kind of done like some bit parts here and there he's been on agents of shield he was in man camp but when you look up his picture you're gonna go oh look at this guy look at this hipster dude look at that mustache (laughs) this guy's up to something he's clearly evil because like you're not gonna have like this slick back hair greaser shitty human being anymore. Like that's not a modern interpretation oh. of the shit human. He's no, it's cute. gonna be the guy who's Yeah, that's it. He's gonna be the 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 cute dude who's like, oh, you're secretly a shit bag. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like the person who's like, I'm just a nice guy. It's yeah. fine. You don't hey, need to explain what a shitbag is to me.
1: I know plenty of shit bags.
0: You're right. Look, Meredith what what I'm actually saying is, look, you don't understand. <laughs> Let me explain it to you. Oof. But yeah, so that like that 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 was my idea. <laughs> uh, and then for his friend, um, I went with uh, a an actor named Jeff Ward, who I know from Agents of Shield, and he's also in something called Vampirifica, and I thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> sure. Oh, I like Jeff Ward. He's got a nice face too
0: yeah and i wanted i want there to be this moment where scott cruz the johnny c character is about to go too far and cecil's like no enough's enough i'm stopping you Mm. so yeah i have another dancer here just because i wanted someone who's who'd been dancing for a little bit longer i didn't remember the name of the actress but like there's that moment where alex goes in and she's talking to this kind of like person who at the beginning she had this uh a little bit more antagonistic relationship with who at the end is like, I've been doing this for a really long time and it's just, it's the thing I'm good at. And it's the thing I kept doing. So I went with uh, an actress named Brooke Williams for that. I also know her from agents of shield, but she's also on 12 monkeys.
1: (laughs) All these people are just agents of shield people.
0: Those three are, that was it. (laughs) It's just like, like it's the show I've been watching recently, and I just I ended up I ended up finding people for these three parts, and I, was, and I didn't necessarily mean to put them in a row, but it was just kind of funny. Like I cast her first uh, because I think she's great and she has like this really cool and interesting energy, mm. and and like she can play someone who like puts up this nice front, but you can like but, like is slightly a little bit broken, and it she's also a phenomenal performer. Um. So then the other character I have is the ex-wife so for the ex-wife it's someone who's not in the movie very long but it's someone who's made it and is someone who's a a couple years older than my Nick and for whatever reason it didn't work out first person uh Nick met when Nick kind of started seeing a little bit of success and so for that I went with Mila Kunis because why not
1: I've heard of her (laughs) It's,
0: it's I don't necessarily like see Mila Kunis and Daya being like antagonistic to each other. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to go be friends. Nick, you're cool with that. I'm not, wait, what? And then they like go off and like,
1: yeah, I want to have that scene of them connecting. I think yeah,
0: I I yeah. agree. I think that's important. Yeah.
1: I also want to backtrack for a second. Um, the other dancer who she has a like weird relationship with, she has that weird speech at the end where she's like, I used to buy costumes too, just like you, but I, now they're old and I have them in my trunk. If you want to see them, <laughs> that was the whole speech. And I was like, I don't understand this speech. <laughs> Did you understand the speech?
0: Yeah. The speech was basically, <laughs> I, I used to put all of this effort into the dances too, but I've realized over the years that the people who are here don't care about that effort. They just care about looking at us. And so but that's why just does what she I keep do. Doing I just go out it? Because it's easy and she makes money. One of the toughest, like actualizing self-change is one of the toughest things people can do. And it's a lot easier to do the thing you're familiar with than to do the scary thing. Like literally that's the example of, for Alex, of here's what I might become if I don't take this chance and make myself uncomfortable and go audition to be a ballerina Mm. or ballet school. Like this is literally my future if I don't take this opportunity that's what that scene is it's yeah i used to be just like you but then i didn't pursue this dream i just settled into whatever rut it is that and again there's nothing like there's nothing wrong with anyone who settles into a rut but i also would highly encourage people like you got to take the shot even if you miss at least you'll know that you tried and i feel like that's more important and I, but i feel like that her character is i didn't try i gave up
1: Got
0: it. And so that's why I thought that character was important. I like that. gave. Her.
1: I think we can use, Thank we you. can give that to the writer to use.
0: It's a good thing. I uh, recorded it. Great. Okay. So. <laughs> because this is. A movie about exotic dancers, strippers, whatever you want to call it. Um, the obvious choice for writing and directing is the woman who did hustlers. And I don't disagree with that. But I wanted to put more emphasis on the dancing. So I made Lorene Scafaria just the director. And obviously she'll work kind of hand in hand with uh, the woman I uh, have writing it. The woman I have writing it wrote Bring It On. And oh. she also wrote Stick It about <gasps> uh, a woman who uh, making it, it in, what was it? Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> yes. Gymnastics. And like, it's these amazing performative Things that it's and and it's about the performance, like Hustlers was kind of about that, it was it was this character piece, but for Bring It On and for Stick It, like it's also about the performance, like and the yeah. performance has to itself be art and it has to be a part of it. And so that's why I thought Jessica uh Bendinger or Bendiger working together with Lorene Scafaria would make an excellent team to kind of create, to, especially because I'm sure both of them grew up with this movie. To kind of take this story and remake it and recraft it into a more modern interpretation of kind of the one of the origins of modern dance movies. Not modern dance, but a dance movie that is modern.
1: So Lorraine Scafaria, I didn't know this. So she's the director for Hustlers.
0: She also wrote it.
1: She also wrote it. So you are having her direct it. You're just having someone am having
0: write it. I'm having her direct it, but it. I'm having the writer be... Uh, this other woman.
1: I understand. I understand. Got it.
0: So that's kind of the the the, the that's that's my version of Flashdance. That's the that's the young people struggling to pers- follow dreams that they that they're scared of t- that they're young enough to be scared of of, of pursuing. So that's, that's my beautiful. version of Flashdance.
1: And I like that writer and director combo very much. I think those are very. I think that the sexiness and the way that Hustlers was filmed speaks to the sexiness that this movie needs. And I think that yeah. this movie is funny. Like it you it, you want it to be even funnier cuz it like it's inherently like a like a honey or like a like any of those dance movies like you want some a little bit more jokes and joy in it so and it already has some so i think that having a you know fun writer is important. And,
0: and, and i think it's important for it both to be written and directed by women is because it is a sexy movie like it like yeah. at the end of the day it's a sexy movie and there's nothing wrong with that but i don't but it, it shouldn't be leering
1: I also picked women for writers and directors. I th- I totally agree. I think that I, even-
0: I, I, I would have been shocked if you did not.
1: <laughs> well, I think that even if it's, uh, you know, like a contemplation on queerness and the queer community, that like at the center of it is feminism and is somebody who's not using the male gaze either, you know, to identify anybody.
0: Yes, so I, I, I-, I agree.
1: Yeah, but I think it should st- maintain um, its sexiness. I think it, it is a sexy movie. Interesting. Yeah, I
0: safe. agree with that as well.
1: Okay, here's my list. <laughs> uh, Alex, as I already said, I think it should be Shangela. Um, I'm sorry you don't know the drag people. You're missing out a little, but it's okay. I, um,
0: I've I've watched I've watched an episode or two, and it's just simply not for me.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Uh, uh, and I respect it. Uh, for Nick Hurley, I, P.S. I only cast uh, people who have come out as queer or, or in some of the supporting roles I cast allies. Just
0: Okay, great.
1: Yeah, just for the record. Um, good, good research,
0: <laughs> good, good good, background work, and uh, yeah. you, you did extra work, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. I just thank want you, you to constantly
1: tell me thank you for all my hard work. I just need you to support me in all things um for nick, no you put I- a
0: lot of thought into this and that's the sort of thing that some of my guests don't do and i appreciate that you did
1: right and i want you um, to 100 percent appreciate it <laughs> for nick i pick, picked a uh, lee pace who i didn't uh realize was part of the queer community until i did this research um one of the sexiest men of all time i
0: also didn't yeah i didn't know that either but the pie maker is amazing
1: Ugh. everything i just i would watch him in we covered in makeup, in, you know, Guardians. Anyway, yum. Um, (laughs) For for Hannah, I picked, um, I went younger. I didn't go too old. um, And I went for an ally. I went for Fran Drescher because I love Fran Drescher. (laughs) (laughs) There was no good reason. I just love Fran Drescher and uh, she should be in this movie. Um, For Jeannie, I picked two people. Now I got to ask
0: the question. Yeah. Hold on. For for Hannah, are you going to kill her? So in your movie, is no. Fran Drescher going to die?
1: No. I thought I thought in. that the, the death was unimportant. They made nothing out of it. If you're going to kill somebody, make it count. And I think that other dance movies have done a much better job. Like, it's become old hat to kill off the the kid. Like, all the young people in dance movies die. Um, yeah. And I don't think that we should be
0: we Well, should you anymore. You've got to have something to motivate you to save the rec center.
1: Right. You got to save the rec center, but I don't think that this motivates her to do anything. Hannah's death. I think there are other more interesting forms of motivation that we can explore. I agree. Also, I, I love all the movies in which the the kids die to, you know, support them, but I just have seen it. I've just seen it a lot as all uh, for Jeannie. I picked two people because I did two options for Jeannie and for uh, Richie. Um, one I already said was JVN, Jonathan Van Ness, who is non-binary. Um, and, uh, to my knowledge has very little acting experience, but was the only person I could think <laughs> of who is a semi accomplished ice skater and a personality. Um, then when I realized how much of the movie, uh, Jeannie was involved in and how like, uh, uh, up and down and full the part was, I, uh, picked Aaliyah Shockat, who I know you've cast in other things before. I don't know who that is. Aaliyah Shawkat, she's um Remind me? From, from Arrested Development. She's um, maybe search oh, party, yeah, Great yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, she's bisexual. So I cast her, and obviously, people don't need to be the parts they're playing. But I thought it would be interesting if the character was bisexual as well, and if Johnny C was uh, male, and if uh Richie was female. So, uh, for my Richies, I put uh, Bob the drag queen to be opposite Jonathan Benness or Carrie Browstein to be opposite, uh, Aliyah Shawkat. We're just going to keep going. You're not going to react to anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, for Johnny C, which I just wrote creep next to, I don't know who any
0: ever. of these people are. I'm sorry. I'm trying to listen.
1: Uh, Carrie Browstein is from, um, uh, Portlandia. She's the woman on Portlandia. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: great. Yeah. I need, I need that context. Uh, and uh, give, give us some, for every single person you're casting, Tell us what they're from. We're not okay. going to know their names. Okay. You all right. Me as a, like, unless you're saying me Kunis, we need to know who this person is.
1: You knew who Fran Drescher was, though, right? Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the context you get for everything, is me doing impressions of them now. Um, for Johnny C, I hate that. <laughs> for Johnny C., I gave two options also, uh, which was Zachary Kinto. I can never pronounce his last name. Or Wentworth Miller. I thought both of, I thought, I mean, I love Zachary Kinto and I think he's really sexy. And as is Wentworth Miller, G- Wentworth Miller is from uh, like Prison Break and all the CW shows. You know who he is from the CW yep. shows? I, I
0: do, but you still got to give us the context. Okay.
1: And um, Zachary Kinto from Star Trek. Um, and for many things, both of them... I think can have a dark energy, but also like you were saying, I don't think you want someone who's like an obvious sleaze bag. I think you want someone who can kind of be a presence and who you would believe and someone who you'd believe would be trying to manipulate the, either the men or the women in this situation. Yeah. For the owner bar owner, I put BD Wong because I wanted BD Wong who is the father on Aquafina is Nora from Queens and he is just uh he's 60 years old (laughs) because he's he's very sexy and i'm like clearly uh pandemic has got me horned up again every time i i go on this podcast i'm horned up i shouldn't make excuses anymore but when i realized his age i said i'd make him the owner (laughs) because i was like i i can't i can't but i i would have cast him as nick i love him for the ex-wife i put carrie washington (laughs) Because I think she reminds me of, or she makes me think of someone fancy, but also someone that I can see relating and being open minded. Also, she's an outspoken ally. Cecil, Cecil, I put as Keenan Lonsdale, who is a Kid Flash on the CW for the dad for Jeannie's dad. I put Paul Giamatti. Oh, okay, of sideways. Great. And then yes. uh, for Jeannie's mom, I put I'm going to mispronounce her name and feel like an asshole. Haim Abbas, who I'm going to read her credits because I know her face more than her credits. I I picked, I wanted, because Aaliyah Shawkat is uh, half Middle Eastern, I wanted to make sure that was represented in her parents. um, If we went for an Aaliyah Shawkat, which is what I ended up leaning toward. Uh, Known for modern Blade Runner, The Visitor, Inheritance, Munich it's her top top build great all right i'm on the secretary i really went into it secretary i i put gia gunn also a drag race persona um she's just funny she's probably not gonna be a great actress i don't care i love her uh for one of the i cast the dancers for tina tech who was the one with the short blonde hair who kept going is he gonna call me um i put Mo, monet exchange uh, who's a, a drag performer that character, I also wanted to mention when I looked it up, uh, is the actress from Dirty Dancing, who get, gets pregnant and is like a main part of Dirty Dancing, which was fascinating to me. Because I was like, I know her face, I know her face, but it was such a completely different character. Like, this was a comedic, like, oh, gosh, I just can't get this date. And that's like a very <laughs> like, deep...
0: Um, So I was. Well, I remember when I was looking the movie up on IMDb, I saw that this person was known for flash dance and dirty dancing, but I couldn't figure out who she was because her picture was now her modern self. Right. And I remember thinking it was really interesting that it's someone who was in these two big dance movies.
1: I mean, clearly she's actually an amazing dancer. Uh, Yeah, I think that like all of the shots of the dancing is clearly her. Uh, But I also think she was really funny. I really loved all of her, like, oh um and i and she's one of my favorite parts of dirty dancing which is a classic film Um, yeah
0: this was a movie that like i I thought a lot more time and energy could have been spent with these other dancers who were all super interesting and then they just kind of like fall by the wayside like they create this interesting dynamic and then we ignore all of them
1: crazy and then they, they cast one black character who says Two lines, and I thought that maybe we could. <laughs> I like that there's a third friend, but I didn't like uh, that dynamic. But I made it Kennedy Davenport, who's another drag person, and then the one that she's the bad relationship with, I made Alyssa Edwards, who is a famous dancing drag queen, has her own show called Dancing Queen, um, and I could see there being a pretty fun rivalry. Also, Almost all of these people have Southern accents. <laughs> I assume that's not what people <laughs> sound like in Philly. Uh, I do not think we should move from Philly. I think it's a Philly movie, but I'll, I'll figure out how to explain it. And then I cast the, cast the street break dancers as Twitch and fiction from So You Think You Can Dance because I was just watching Hollywood Game Night and Twitch was on it. And I want to watch more Twitch. The For writer, I put... I, someone that I know you have made the writer like twenty times, but Phoebe Waller Bridge, because um, I thought I've it was never used
0: Phoebe Waller Bridge.
1: Really? All right, yeah. all right. Well, I'm putting it out there. Um, or Diablo Cody. Um, and remind, me, remind have... me who
0: Diablo Cody is. And uh, Cody. Just to be safe, tell tell people who Phoebe Waller bridge is as well. Just to uh, be
1: Phoebe Waller Bridge uh, is oh gosh, what's the name of her show? Fleabag. Fleabag. <laughs> Fleabag. Um, and also she's produced a bunch of amazing things killing yeah. me. And there's
0: also a good chance I'm wrong, there's a good chance I've, I have used her, but I, I simply don't remember.
1: She just seems yeah. like someone I feel like you would. Um, and Diablo Cody from Juno, a young adult, which is one of my personal favorites. And the reason I used her um, is in association with my director. who They are the writer and director of Jennifer's Body, which while not a one-to-one with this movie, a very sexy movie and satirical movie that I thought would, um, Play really well with the feminist importance of it, while also still maintaining the sexiness. Um, and Karen Kusama, in all of her work, pretty much is really focused on on a feminist gaze and the empowerment of the her female leads. Got it.
0: Cool. Interesting. An extremely different movie.
1: <laughs> we always do. This is why we've never just done the
0: two of us because we need a buffer to break our. We do need a buffer. <laughs> Look, the important thing is we learned that now. Because this is what the fourth. This is the fourth time you've been on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. This is the first time it's just been just you. And yeah, how I are you we, dealing
1: with it? Is it okay? You've
0: been. You, you you haven't been as mean as you normally are, so that's been nice.
1: I'm only mean when I feel supported by a third party. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, uh, you're, you're a you're a you're a social jerk.
1: I'm a social jerk. I'm a social sociopath. Wow, uh, yeah. that's
0: what bullying is. Right? I think it worked out fine. Yeah, uh, no, but I think now we know we we need a we need a tiebreaker <laughs> next time.
1: I will be very supportive of your choices. I think you made a lot of good choices, and I am I am happy to meet in the middle. Because this is nice Meredith, who doesn't have backup.
0: I Well, the reason why I had us read our two casts separately is because I legitimately don't know where we can meet in the middle on this. These are just two different movies. Yeah. Well. Like, nor, like this is only the second time I've ever done that. And uh, it, it's just because these are different movies. We can't do anything about that. Hmm. And they're just as valid as each other.
1: Oh, brother. Well. Uh, here's here's what i'm gonna propose
0: I, I don't know what there's left to propose the episode is over
1: oh no well who wins how do we find a winner there is
0: no winner there is no winner it's just these are the two uh remake ideas that we have these are both Ugh. ideal remakes it's a Ugh. draw
1: Ugh! wow what a disappointment that's like uh there's yeah. a tie uh flash dance uh, colon the future is dance
0: Good, that works. Works better for mine. <laughs> but uh, all right, so we've reached the end of the podcast. We've gone through. We've re- we've recast it. We have our movie, Meredith. What? Uh, you hate this? Just what? Uh, what social media do you want to promote?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I hate the social media part as much as I hate the not winning part. I you can follow my Twitter at big underscore mare. Uh, you can follow. I'm doing like a stupid joke Instagram that I'm having a good time with where I make fun of people's advertising that's stupid. It's called <laughs> Best Place to Cry at Work. And it just has a bunch of uh, ads that I think are funny and me making fun of them. Um, Instagram seems to think I'm promoting those things, which I'm not. Uh, most recently, there was a photograph of somebody's junk in shorts uh, for a brand called Chubbies. So, don't so know who this comes Instagram? up with these things best place to cry at work no spaces uh, best
0: place support? to cry i, I say
1: obviously donate to all the stuff that you should already know to be donating to and wear a mask and don't be an idiot or an asshole
0: i agree with all of those sentiments thank you good do i win I like that it. if you're interested in uh sure If you're interested in following me, I am at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. Or if you want to follow the podcast, it is at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram, but mostly Instagram. If you have a second, please go online to your Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and write a nice thing about us. It's not something Meredith has ever done, but you might, and it would be a nice thing.
1: I've never done it on any podcast ever. So I will do that today and you'll be my first. I don't know how I'm too old to know how to do it. Every time I start, I get scared.
0: Well, but there's one if thing I you can learn do about flashdance dance, is a great time to learn new things.
1: <laughs> that's what it's about. That's what flashdance yep, about. It's what it's all about.
0: Mm-hmm. And that we're all young at heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the end of the episode. Meredith, what is your favorite quote from the movie flashdance?
1: I, I still have those uh, costumes in my trunk if you ever want to see them.
0: <laughs> Weird. <Cool. laughs> All right, uh, thank you so much, Meredith. Stay, stay safe out there.
1: Ditto.